Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Okay, guys, who's all about comfortable shoes that look as good as they feel? You need to check out York Athletics MFG. They're stylish sneakers that were designed by athletes like Allie Raisman. Use my code REDCARPET at checkout for 20% off and free shipping on a pair of sneakers. That's YorkAthleticsMFG.com using the code REDCARPET at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Hey everyone, and welcome to Red Carpet Rendezvous Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon, and we have the first episode of 2021 with our Hollywood Crime Series. So I'm excited today because joining me is Imran Ansari, who is a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, the um the law office, a very popular one, a very well-respected one here in New York City. So Imran, welcome. Thank you for having me, Lauren. It's yes. a pleasure to be here. Yes. I mean, it's been so hard to coordinate this because Imran is so busy. He represents very high-profile clients right now, like Harvey Weinstein and Alan Dershowitz. And he's also represented clients like 50 Cent. Am I correct? correct? Yes. yes. Still wow. representing him. You still? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Is he still in legal trouble? I don't even... You know, he he's good. It's, a, it's an action in the bankruptcy court, but uh, he's out of bankruptcy. He's doing pretty well for himself. He's got a lot of, you know, great stuff on TV right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, but for life. Yeah, yep. We're representing him uh, on certain things which are dating back to, uh, I would say, the early, well, 2010 or so. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they're lingering on as they do because the wheels of justice turn slowly, as yeah. they say. <laughs> That's so funny. So, so yes, he is a super busy guy. Um, so I'm glad we got to connect. And Imran, before you went to law school, you were a producer at Court TV. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when I went to college, I went to Rutgers in Jersey. I'm a Jersey guy uh, by origin. I'm in New York now, so I like to call myself a New Yorker. But any real <laughs> New Yorker may call me out on that. Uh, but, yeah, no, I went to uh, Rutgers, and I did my undergrad in broadcast journalism. So I thought that I was going to do a career in broadcast journalism. So during uh, college, I did some internships you know, with MTV, MTV News, uh, some NBC stuff. And when I got out of college, I started working at Court TV. And it wasn't that I had a, a necessarily a, a interest in the legal field. Mm-hmm. It's really because that's the job I got coming out of college. Um, and when I went to Court TV, I started producing for a, um, a someone who really can draw either positives or negatives. There's a lot of strong opinions about her. Her okay. name is Nancy Grace. Oh, um, yeah, I like Nancy Grace. Yeah, no, people – yeah, listen, people – I love her. She's great. She's yeah. great. And, you know, I, I started off working for Nancy Grace. I was her production cool. assistant and then I became a producer relatively fast. Was she, was she nice when you were her assistant? Yeah, no, she was great. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recount a story to you. Yes. Uh, probably on the first week I started as a production assistant at Court TV – I was doing her prompter, and it was a live show called Pros and Cons, and she really recapped all the legal news uh, that was happening that day okay. or that week. And um, I was thrust and put on prompter. And now, you know, being a teleprompter operator is arguably probably one of the most important jobs, especially totally. on a live show. So this was totally. my first time prompting for Nancy. Um, she's really a tour de force in terms of a personality. 
And uh, I'm prompting, and suddenly there's a glitch, and it's during the live show, and it freezes up. All the words sort of scramble up, and you can see Nancy sort of lost. You know, I mean, she was great to winging it, yeah. But we were in the middle of introducing a new story, so oh, I, you know, no. she was lost, and um, you know, she winged it through uh, the the segment. We, yeah, we rolled some tape, and then she uh, sort of ad libbed it. But when we came to commercial break, um, I see Nancy just sort of. Uh, Getting very, very angry. Her yeah. eyebrows are furrowed, and I am literally, um, you know, <laughs> I'm shaking. Your pants. Yeah, yeah, I'm shaking in my seat. Um, and you know, she says, "Who?" And she she's from Atlanta, and she's yeah. known for that Southern drawl. So she's mm. like, "Who is on teleprompter?" <gasps> oh my gosh! And this, this is literally my first week working at Core TV, and I'm frozen. And of course, you know, I, I, you know, I got some heat from her, but she relatively, you know, over time she yeah. cooled, and she was like, "Okay, you know." Um, and I ended up being a, a producer on her show pretty fast. Ooh. And uh, we Dodged a bullet then. Yeah. You were okay. Yeah. You were okay after that incident. Yeah. And she would call me the I-Man. Um, <laughs> you know, because my first name is Imran, but she would she she made a nickname cute. for me, the I-Man. And I play saxophone. So one of my memories, uh, you know, early on in my career was it was Nancy Grace's birthday party. Um, I forget where it was. It's somewhere in Midtown. And she had asked, uh, made a special request that the Ah Man play a saxophone. She did. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. So I played Aww. Happy Birthday on my saxophone, and uh, you know it was a great little thing uh, with Nancy there. Wait, did you carry your saxophone with you? Like, did you know she was going to ask? Why did you randomly have it? Oh no, she told me. Oh, she, she did. I was going to say, yeah, were yeah. you just that guy that you carried know? a saxophone all no. the time with you? <laughs> okay, I was going to say because. Well, <laughs> Lauren, you know, I was a production assistant, then I was a producer. You know, money wasn't that great okay. on TV. It's still really not that great when <laughs> no. you're starting out. So maybe I was using my saxophone down in the subways for I was going to say, yeah. you would just do it just, yeah, before you, yeah. you hopped on the, the Q train, the R train. I don't know, exactly, whatever train exactly. you were taking at the time. But, um, um, but yeah, I played. And then I, after that, uh, I went to a show called Hollywood at Large. Um, okay. And, yep. And that was a uh, that was Court TV's attempt at a Hollywood entertainment show. Yes. Okay. And it covered all the sort of legal news in Hollywood and the entertainment industry. And there's mm-hmm. always uh, Hollywood, uh, you know, there's always things going on in always. entertainment of a legal angle. And that was our our shtick. You know, we would cover anything in the legal uh, world which related to Hollywood or entertainment. What was great is that I got placed and I was producing now. So now yeah. I was a full-fledged producer. Okay. Uh, and I got put on the red carpet and press junket circuit. So I got to go to all the uh, red carpet rendezvous, yes. if you will. Uh, yes, and my also, jam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you know it. You know yes. that. Um, and and I miss uh, it. But. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and also the press junket. So I was flying back from New York to L.A. and things like that. And I was probably at that time, what, 23 or so? You know, it was yeah. a great gig. Yeah. Uh, and I especially liked being put up by the movie studios because they used to some, sometimes bankroll our uh I'm or sure, travel especially and, you know. back then. I hate saying back then, but yeah, I mean yeah. that's when they were, you know, huge and had so much money, and movie theaters were doing so well, and television studios. But um, I would imagine that you also learned a lot about the law at this point, just from picking up what you were what you were producing and and watching and what was going on. Or yeah, no, well, you know, I wish I could say that I was really interested in what was going on in court <laughs> and things like that, <laughs> but that would not be to the truth. Okay, you know? so, All right. so what happened is the you know I. Okay, so the, I'm at Court TV. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if my wife's going to be listening to this, so I don't want to go too much. <laughs> but like, uh, so I, 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 uh, I'm working at Court TV, and I start dating a girl from Iceland, and she was at the School of Visual Arts, and she was studying here. Okay. Uh, and you know, we uh, became serious, and she gets done with the SVA, and she starts going. She's going back to Iceland, and um, so I decide to go back to Iceland with her. 
Uh, and I'm a dual citizen. I was born in England, so I'm, I have a British citizenship uh. and American citizenship. So it was easy for me to go there and work. Yeah. Uh, and I end up leaving Court TV, uh, going to Iceland, and I start working on real movie uh, shoots, right? Because Iceland is a, is, is a destination where a lot of shooting happens. You know, Game of Thrones yeah. was shot there, a few scenes. Actually, my husband had his bachelor party there. Oh, Fun yeah. Fact. yeah. Know, Iceland is The definitely... girls are very beautiful, apparently. They're yes. very blonde, very beautiful. Yeah. But yeah. The complete opposite of me, but yeah. Right. yeah. And likewise, <laughs> I mean... look at me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not uh, blonde or blue-eyed or no, anything. So, no. you know, wherever you're, the, you're different, you're, uh, you know, sort yeah. of the uh, center of attention there. So, uh, you know, I'm over in, in Iceland. And I start working on a lot of car commercial shoots, a lot of movie shoots. I worked on Batman Begins with uh, Chris Nolan. Okay. Uh, Christian Bale, Chris Nolan directed yeah. and Christian Bale, uh, Liam Neeson. It was that one, Batman Begins. Uh, and I'm working over there. But, the, you know, I, I have this aspiration. So I'm South Asian of background, right? Yeah. So, you know, uh, the Indian subcontinent. And parents from the Indian subcontinent, I got both my parents are scientists, they're PhDs. There's this little, I don't know, I'm stereotyping because it's a true stereotype. Yeah, yeah. They, there are certain professions which is accept, you know, are acceptable in I their get minds. It. Mm-hmm. And it's usually being a doctor, being an engineer, or being a lawyer. A lawyer. Right. <laughs> so I got my parents yeah. on my back. They're like, what are you doing in Iceland? What are you doing with your life? You know? Yeah. Um, and I started thinking about, okay, you know, let me just get them off my back. I have really no intention to start practicing law, but I started thinking, okay. It's very fickle, yeah. uh, shoots and productions and all that. If I get my law degree, maybe I'll go into entertainment law. So that's in the back of my mind. Right, okay. So I, take, I, I fly back from Iceland, take the LSAT, didn't study for it, uh, and just and took it one day and flew back and then sent my uh, uh, applications out to uh, law school from Iceland. Long story short, uh, I end up going to law school. And that's amazing. Yeah. So basically, you went to law school to shut your parents up. Basically. That's pretty much what you yes, did. Yes, yes. But now, I mean, but now you're working at one of the bigger, more successful firms in the country and representing very, very high profile people, which is not something that just anybody can do. So you're pretty amazing. I mean, that's pretty incredible that you were able to do that. I mean, I can't even imagine if someone made me go back to school, like put a gun to my head, I'd be like, I don't know, just pull it. It's fine. (laughs) Um, I really like I couldn't do it. I really it, it would drive me insane. But I want to ask you just some questions here sure. about a little bit about Harley, a little bit yeah. about Alan. But I am fully prepared for you to be like, I can't answer that. I'm fully prepared. Um, so, Harvey, yeah, when you first get this case, right? Like this guy sure. is he is the scum of the earth, according to many. And this is, I mean, you, I know you're. He's smiling, you guys. He's smiling because he's out here like I can't, I can't even talk about this. He's the scum of the earth. Like you're a human being. You get this case, and you're like, do you look at it and do you level with a client like that and be like, look, dude, you're gonna be lucky if you don't get life. How do you approach something like that? Yeah. So, so Lauren, for first, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, first of all, this is a disclaimer now. It's yes, the lawyer just, me. It's okay. I'm not adopting that. Uh, no, nothing. I get it. No, I, no, you get it. Yes. So, you know, before, you know, I'm going to go back briefly gets to it. myself so I don't start keep talking about myself. But, you know, when I was in law school, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I did an internship. I thought I was going to do entertainment law. Okay. Uh, and I, I did an internship with the Brooklyn DA's office. Okay. And I fell in love with criminal law uh, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with trial work. And I ended up totally shifting, and I realized uh, the skills I learned as a TV producer and yeah. on, a, on film sets and whatnot yeah. um, translate perfectly into the courtroom because jurors, they're expecting to see a certain 
uh, let's just say, delivery, uh, yeah. a certain cadence and speech from an attorney, a certain look in an attorney. Right. Because they've watched so many television shows like <laughs> Law and & Order and yes. all these uh, courtroom television shows mm-hmm. that although when you pick a jury, you say, you know, that's TV, this is reality. Yeah. You know? But um, it's ingrained in the subconscious of jurors. So I realized that, you know, writing for air translated beautifully in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. So I shifted from entertainment law where I would be essentially doing contracts and things like that right. to uh, becoming a trial attorney. And I went to the district attorney's office and I was a prosecutor. And I was a prosecutor for many years. Mm-hmm. So when we, we take someone like Harvey Weinstein, who is being accused of criminal conduct, um, I have seen it on the other side, meaning I have been on the side of the prosecution, um, prosecuting crimes. Um, and that has sort of given me a, an ability to see mm-hmm. both sides. Yeah. Um, and when someone like Harvey Weinstein comes to you and your firm and says, you know, listen, I want you to represent me. Yeah. Um, we are doing our job as attorneys mm-hmm. and we are upholding uh, the Constitution, which is as an attorney, it's an oath that we took when we were sworn into practice. Right. So although someone is very unpopular. Yeah. Uh, people are accused of heinous things. Very guilty. It's fine. You didn't say it. I no. did. It's fine. <laughs> I said it. I said it. Right. I, I mm-hmm. you know, respectfully disagree, yep. Lauren. You know, but uh, listen, there's a, there's a calling. Wait, so, so you, but you don't have to actually believe that your clients are not guilty. You you don't actually have to believe that. No, not at all. Right. But no. you. Right. So, so I made a comment right now. Yes. And, you, made, you know, yes. So you, do you actually believe that, that he... Well, there's a totality of evidence, let's just say, okay. uh, that I am a, of the opinion uh, that didn't necessarily support the conviction. And okay. we're appealing that conviction okay. based on a lot of things that happened during the trial. Yeah. Right? And I'm not talking about Harvey in general now. I just want to... Yeah. So, so I you know, I'm already... Okay. A lot of people already look at me uh, or my firm and say, how could you represent these people? But again, we're doing our job. Which is I don't even thing. I don't even think that yeah. because I agree with you. I think that everybody deserves an attorney. Everybody deserves a shot. Um, I mean, I m- might not say that if like one of my kids are involved and, you know, whatever. I, I yeah. You know what I'm saying, though, right? Like I understand right. how all of that works. Um, and I also I have a specific opinion about Harvey sure. in terms of of being a female. I and it's probably an unpopular opinion also where I think he's the scum of the earth. I think yeah. he's totally guilty, but I think in every case it might be different, yeah. right? Like every actress's case is There you go. Is You've different. Hit, yeah, yes. you hit it on, yeah, right, yeah. where he totally might have raped one girl and it was awful and then the other girl maybe he coerced her. She didn't want to, but she did it because she felt, you know, so it's like a fine sure. line and it's all disgusting and like I said I'm probably going to get hit from all angles for even saying that. Um, but but yes, I think yeah. that every situation is different in right. the Harvey case. And, and let me just uh, also give a disclaimer so I don't get yeah. hit from every angle. Right, and, you right. Know, um, listen, as an attorney, when you have a client who's accused of certain things, you're not necessarily condoning or supporting the accusations. That that mm-hmm. you, Everyone needs to know that. Yes. But the, the Harvey case has been very unique where attorneys who have entered in the case have sort yeah. of been vilified. Uh, yeah, and they're vilified. Uh, listen, I'm a, I'm, I'm a liberal. Uh, I'm a Democrat, mm-hmm. uh, and I, you know, I'm I'm a moderate Dem. Not to get politics involved, but okay. but a certain, but that yeah. there's a certain liberal set and progressive mindset which has have vilified attorneys who have touched mm. this case up in Harvard, and a, but yet they're the, you know it's the same group that recognizes everyone's constitutional right for a defense, you know, whether right. it be a wrongful conviction, whether yeah. it be you know, wrongfully prose- prosecuted. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of notion, you know. We're doing yeah. the job, uh, you know, which is mandated by the Constitution and whatnot. 
in terms of Harvey, um, was Harvey, I think there's no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree. Harvey yeah. was uh, a tough boss, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not just downplaying. Like, he was not a nice guy. Right. Right? But he, yeah. was, a, he was a nice guy. Um, not always, but like, listen, he wasn't an, uh, 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 an a-hole yes. all the it's, time. Oh, you can say right? that. It's all okay. Right. Yeah, okay. you can say asshole. Listen, her hat. I didn't know what the parameters were. <laughs> no, there, no, you, you know? can say asshole. Um, so, yeah, no, he wasn't an asshole all the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I know this because I've seen documents upon documents and documents, right? But this is a company that he built and he expected a certain sort of uh, uh, output and a certain standard from the work, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to the accusation, I'm talking generally now, but the accusations, again, I think you said it. You have to look at every accusation, mm-hmm. the evidence that support those accusations, right. or the evidence that um, do not support the accusations. Yeah. And I'm going to leave it at this, that I know, based on my representation of him, that some of the accusers, yeah. right, whether it be in the criminal case or the civil case, mm-hmm. um, and I'm actively defending him on all these civil cases right now, that the evidence doesn't support necessarily the narrative in their complaint. Okay. And I I can totally see that happening. I 100% can see that just because I I know how it is out there. I'm, I'm in the entertainment industry and I know the situations that people can get themselves into and whether they like it or not. And they even kind of went over this in the morning show. I don't know if you watch that on Apple, Apple TV Plus or whatever. But, you know, the, the women are not necessarily – raped but they're put in a situation where they it's so hard for them to say no and they're you know so it's it's so it's just not black and white yeah. it's totally gray um but it's wrong regardless i'm going to say that right. it's wrong and it's not right yeah. especially for a man of power um but he is he i wanted to ask you like does i mean is he doing okay in prison he must be rotting in prison i mean like well, I can't even imagine. So I can tell you this, Lauren, that uh, what really fuels Harvey Weinstein right now while he's in jail, yeah, is his. Um, I think it's his personality, which probably was the same way he ran his company, which was just um, being all in and fixated on winning. Let's just say that. Okay. And he's fixated on his defense. So Harvey Weinstein is of very poor health right now. Yeah. He's got problems with his back, with his his. You know, diabetes. With Karma's his eyes. a bitch, man. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. But no, really. no, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, listen, that's I mean. right. So, uh, you know, but he's very fixated on his appeal, on defending these civil cases, and also trying to get out. You know, the fact that some of these accusations right. are not necessarily credible. But like, there's no way he's probably getting out of prison anytime soon. He's going to have to serve close to his 20 years if he's even still alive, right? Yep. Or are so, you guys gunning for him to just to get a shorter sentence? So we have a 20. He's been uh, sentenced to 23 years yeah. in aggregate, and we are appealing the conviction, and they're in the sentence. Okay. Um. Here's the problem. If you, if we, let's just say we win on the uh, the appeal and we get the conviction reversed based on a lot of legal uh, points and objections made during yeah, trial, yeah, yeah, as yeah. the rulings by the judge, as to whether a juror should have sat on that jury to begin with, yeah. Um, then he's also facing criminal charges in L.A. and the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office is sort of laying in wait. Uh, and once things are are I mean, safer, he's, he's in a pile of shit. He's not getting out of it. I mean, no matter how yeah. good you are, let's be honest. Right. I mean, no, listen, he, you're good, but he, he he's done. Yep. Yeah. This is the this is the the quandary here, right? So yeah. even if we if we get the appeal, New York may retry him, but regardless, he has the LA case and he has these civil cases. And I I've got you know in the New York Times today I was quoted regarding the settlement which has yeah. gone on, but and I I have made a statement which is public record. Yeah. That those going forward with civil cases 
um, outside of this settlement that has been approved mm-hmm. um, just to go after Harvey or they think that they may get more money than whatever yeah. is going on in the bankruptcy court, the settlement. They're really, uh, as, as the New York Times quoted, it's a fool's errand because Harvey Weinstein, he's in prison. Um, yeah. He's not of good health physically and he's not of good health financially. So, yeah. so uh, you know, you're going forward and unless you're doing it on principle and you want to take it to court and, and, and somehow fight it for – it's not going to be necessarily a big payout at the end of the day. Right. So um, is he in a, a world of shit or pile of shit? Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, there's a lot, you know, and we, yeah. I, we've referred to it as piling on Harvey because every, <laughs> you know, there's someone coming out with a new accusation. And yeah. again, Lauren, that's where I start um, getting concerned because he's an easy target, right? Yes. So when you mm-hmm. have these claims, and I know certain things, there are claims which are not necessarily bona fide. Okay. So when a new claim comes forward, do you guys? And this is just in my head. Just it's probably so silly, but do you like slide a picture over to him? And are you like, hey, do you remember this girl? Because she says this. Yeah. No. And it's no. That's not how it goes. Really? That's not how like the movie plays out in my head. No. no. And is he like, nope, don't remember her? Or he's like, oh, yep, I remember her. No. I can't go into the conversation. But the way you know, listen, these, these come out, and obviously we we try to confirm. Uh, who this person and that's where things come out but there's no sliding of the picture across the no. table no unfortunately he's in jail so. oh that's right yeah right. but don't you get to like sit at a table when you see him like at like in a movie well well because of covid that's oh, changed that's everything right. yeah. oh my gosh so think about it so plexiglass he, he, yeah. and well not even visitation oh just yeah. phone calls pretty much phone or calls. or zooms do you guys do zoom prison they, zooms no we're not doing not doing pr- prison zooms okay. or anything like that with him right now but uh it's, it's phone calls you look, you look yeah. great in orange harvey it's really your color i'm the worst anyway <laughs> okay wait so let's let's move on to alan dershowitz because sure. i am very fascinated by this so when i first met you and i met some other attorneys at your office i was very disgusted about Alan Dershowitz. I just, you know, I knew about the claims. Um, there's two women that claimed that they had slept with him or they were forced to sleep with him um, on Epstein's Island. And somebody at your office had just said that is so incorrect just because we know him, we know how he is, and that really would would never happen. Now, I was just looking up some things online and um, – You know, one of the things he said in an article was so disgusting to me. He talked about challenging his perfect, perfect sex life. Now, do you recall this when he said this at all? I do. That's disgusting. So, well, I'm not going to comment on that. Okay. You don't, I know know, he's your client. Right. But wait, so so he must have been how old when he called his sex life perfect, which is, that's the biggest lie that I've ever heard. He's, he's what, a 70 something year old man or no, 80 something, right? How old is he? You know. You're looking yeah, at him. He's, he, uh, no, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's up there. 82. Okay. Yep. All right, right, honey, your sex life is not perfect. And you said it twice. He said, my perfect, perfect sex life. Okay. Or whenever this happened years ago. So what, you were in your 60s? Sorry, not perfect. Sure. You got me in the hot seat. I knew you were going to go uh, get me, uh, you know. And uh, your, your viewers right now are probably like, who is this guy? No, no, so, no, you know, not but, at all. Yeah. No, but, uh, and Ron's a great guy, yeah. by the way, <laughs> just so everyone knows. But I had to ask. But I, And I got to say to that, it's, you know, it's easy for an attorney, okay, it's easy to represent the quote unquote victim. That's the easy thing, especially yes. this day and age. Yeah. Where, you know, where this whole movement, which started with my client, arguably Harvey Weinstein, the Me Too movement, it's very easy for someone to make a claim against a man mm-hmm. and it's already given the rubber stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. And that's a slippery slope. 
because it leads to uh, people who take advantage, perhaps, of the client uh, climate to advance claims that are not necessarily correct, right? Yeah. Because for like you know, and this is what I do when I select a jury. When I was a prosecutor, and I had a, I, I was, uh, I had a lot of law enforcement mm-hmm. uh, on, you know, as witnesses and yeah. police officers. Um, I would go to the jury because I was a Brooklyn ADA, and you know, there were certain populations who were not very fond of the police. I would make sure that they realized that there were always good apples and bad apples, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't paint everyone with the same brush. Uh, and sometimes there's accusations or there's allegations or there's trying to say the cops did this wrong or that wrong right. just because they're cops. You can't go to that. You got to really hear the full story and give both sides a fair shake. And that's what I, I'm afraid in this day and age, in this climate, um, people are losing the mm-hmm. fair shake which is such a fundamental part of our legal system, mm-hmm. um, is to get the fair shake. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree with you on that. I think I think that there's some bad apples, like you said, that could that could really um, be detrimental and really hurt the p- women out there who are telling yep. the truth. Agreed. And, and, yeah. No, well, I'm going to say yeah. Yeah, vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, you know, you have this sort of um, rush to judgment when mm-hmm. a claim comes out whether it be against Harvey Weinstein or uh, Aziz Ansari or, um, you yeah. know, Alan Dershowitz or, um, you know, it, it, there's a real rush to judgment and that person is already almost guilty or liable before they even enter the court of law. So and I that's, that's, get that's that. A, yeah. I just don't – I never thought that necessarily about Alan so much. I, I did see these claims and I was like, OK, that's weird. But he said this. He said he he said something calling his sex life perfect, right. and that is like I. How could you say that? That's obviously a lie. So well, what I, else I are don't you lying know. I don't know that, and I'm not I'm not necessarily oh, inquiring. Please. But, but, but oh my gosh, I'm going to vomit in my right. mouth. But whatever. So, um. <laughs> so we're dealing with Alan Dershowitz. Yeah. Okay. So Alan Dershowitz is allowed. Um, he's got a, a a mouth on him, right? Like yeah. he's not one to hold back, right? Mm-hmm. And I, whether for Good or be- better or worse, right? You know, yeah. there's been times where we've said, "Please don't make any comments." As his attorney, because you know, when you're an attorney, you, you don't want your clients necessarily making comments to the media yeah, and all that to make your but, life yeah. harder too. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't yeah, exactly. So yeah. we don't necessarily have that control because Alan Dersh was a he's an attorney himself and a very accomplished attorney, uh, and yeah. also he's he he's very media savvy and he yeah this to, is to it. an extent right. I and think it, yeah. So Lauren. He's been accused of certain things. Mm-hmm. He um, very strenuously, as you can see of all the comments he's made, yeah. denies these allegations. Yes. Right? With every, you know, every ounce of his body, he's deni- denying these allegations. Yeah. He's doing what Alan Dershowitz does. Right? And, you know, are some of these comments something that you want to be like, oh, why did you say that? Yeah. Or well, that's a blatant right. lie. Like well, I, I no, I'm not going to say that, but you know, it's, that's uh, true. We right. don't know, but yeah. we can we can just assume at that well, point. How do you that know that? You, you're right. I don't, but he is. He and his wife could have a a, a very vibrant sex life. They, we don't know. They that. might, but I just have a really hard time believing that. I have a, a very hard time. Um, but you know, I don't know. I I guess like to each his own. So if he if he really really believed that, then fine. And he said it fine. Um to me, that was just sort of like the icing on the cake. Like I just, you know, you say certain things and um and and it's out there for everyone to read. It's yeah. it's in the media. It's not going away. And um yeah, that just made you so just not a credible person. I well, don't know. But so 
Yeah. I mean, to go, that no, point, go ahead. No, no. You just made a point about the media. And, you know, having a media background and, you know, I still I'm a legal analyst on law and crime. Uh, yeah. I'm on, I'm on uh, which is Dan Abrams network. Uh, I go on court TV, uh, you know, every probably once or twice a month. Yeah. Uh, which is great because it's sort of like a comeback to my roots. But, I uh, love that. But, you know, uh, and the, but the media, I'm seeing it now, okay, mm. being involved in these cases yeah. where the media loves to crucify certain people, right? It's right. easy to rip apart Harvey Weinstein. It's easy to rip apart Alan Dershowitz because they've been accused of these things. Mm-hmm. I have seen where on the public court docket on in Discovery that's been unsealed, yeah. there are uh, there's certain information, emails, uh, evidence that directly refute certain claims. And the media mm-hmm. doesn't pick up on it. They just gloss over it. Well, you know, yeah, so, it's so, also what I get that, which headline sells. Right. I understand yeah. that. 100% I understand that. And it's funny to me because Alan Dershowitz, he is a Democrat who represented Trump, and he's so well-liked by the conservative community. I find yeah. that very interesting. Right. Um, so something that, you know, I want to I wanna sort of end this on, and, and I – I only I wish that you had information that you could share with me on this, but I, I don't know because because it's very um it's a it's a contentious topic. Now, does Alan, to your knowledge, does he believe that um Jeffrey Epstein was killed? You know, that topic is so just um out there and uh, you know, lends itself to these conspiracy theories. I don't know what happened. Um, but I could tell you that it's not uh, a major topic of conversation between you and Alan. When we're discussing, <laughs> yeah, when we're discussing his actual uh, defense. Okay, yeah. okay, that's fine. So, but just like he—he's never alluded to right. anything about what happened to Jeffrey. Yeah. Never, because he doesn't know. He right? truly doesn't. Yeah, I mean, what do we? No- you know, and and it's lent itself like I said, a conspiracy. Guys, he's Imran's not making eye contact with me right now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just right kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, so he really he knows nothing. No, I don't think. Listen, I that's okay. uh, now I'm going to be loyal. That's the query that's going to have to happen. Whether I don't know if the I don't even know if the investigation into that regarding the prison system and what was known or not known or what was on camera or not camera, yeah, um, or witnesses, all that is still even ongoing. Um, I think for no, right I don't now, think they, I don't think it is at all. Not, I think so, they laid that to rest, yeah. so they didn't have to deal with it. Exactly. Um, but so you know, I don't know what goes on behind. What you know, do you think? Of, you know, I off, off, yeah. like not you know just your own opinion. You, he didn't kill himself. You you don't think he did, right? Unless someone right now, the evidence points to um, stopping a lawyer. Himself. Do you yeah. think? Do you think that he killed himself? I don't know. You really I don't, don't know. know. You haven't even thought about it. I no, I I've got you know. Listen, he's not my client. <laughs> you want to kill me? He's he's not my client. So uh, yeah, I haven't thought about okay. it. He's dead. He's dead. Correct. Right. And so I think about yeah. the legal ramification of his being him being deceased. Yeah, he yeah, and and what's going to come out next, and what Gislaine is going to say. Right. I I'm very anxious to hear what she has to say, and when we're going to find her hanging from a prison cell. Um, I know. You, yeah, he's not making eye contact with me again. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Well, you know what? Um, the world is watching. Yes. Um, and these are sort of the, the cases uh, that really are in the public eye. Uh, yeah. You know, Harvey Weinstein is, is um, 
I mean, you know, I, I find my name in the news all the time when I don't even yeah, know it. and you, you don't know? even realize, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, and, but there's an interest in that. You know, I'm wondering when mm-hmm. that interest is going to sort of wane, uh, uh, you know, and, and then also obviously Gillian Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein. People are intrigued by it, right? So Yeah, I'm, I have a serious fascination and I'm actually working on another story with somebody who could possibly be tied to Jeffrey Epstein and his suicide um, over the summer, which I will have to ask you off the record about. Sure. Um, And then maybe you can help me or maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. But Imran, this has been so fun. Thank you for taking the time to to talk to me me. and and let me pick your brain and let me really just put you on the spot. That was very ballsy of you. So I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple or wherever you listen. And we'll be back next week with maybe something more uplifting (laughs) than Harvey Weinstein and Alan Dershowitz. All right. Thanks again. If you're anything like me and your mind is constantly racing, then you need to try Caliber CBD packets. I take one packet and I mix it with water before bed and I sleep so much better and I wake up completely fine, not groggy at all. Caliber CBD is perfectly measured in packets and it's no mess and it's so powerful. Visit trycaliper.com and use my code RED20 for 20% off CBD packets plus free shipping on your first order. That's trycaliper.com and use the code RED20 for 20% off and free shipping.